This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.
would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands that we broadcast from, the Kulin Nation, and pay respect to all the Kulin elders, women from the past, present, and those women who will be our future elders as well. We'd also like to acknowledge with respect the traditional owners of all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander lands that we broadcast to and pay respect to all elders and women elders from all clans and nations, past, present and future. Welcome to Broad. It is the new year, uh, according to the Julius calendar, I think it is. But to the Western calendar, it is 2017, Monday. Here we are, January the 2nd. 2017. It's all very serious. And we had the wonderful uh, Solange uh, from the A Seat at the Table, one of the huge albums. I would predict possibly, in my opinion, the best album from a female artist or just the best album, full stop. A Seat at the Table, uh, that was um, uh, the track, uh, Where Do We Go To? Where Do We Go From Here? And that's pretty much uh, a little bit of tonight's um, a show here on Broad is looking at where we go to and also publishing and printing, zine making and uh, a bit more. We'll be looking at some music too that's um, looking like it's going to be extraordinarily big for the uh, new year and kicking off 2017. I thought with some Solange might be quite nice. Tonight we'll be listening to uh, Zoya Patel, uh, one of the people who've organised and put together something called Feminazi. Now, Feminazi is an online feminist literature and arts journal founded by her back in 2014 and uh, basically adding weekly, even daily if possible, essays, any sort of fiction, photo essays, art spreads, any sort of feminist content that's relevant and uh, pretty amazing. And um, she used to be the former editor-in-chief for Lip Magazine, but certainly has built up an amazing um, amazing effort there in Korea. Uh, we spoke to her last year. And look, I'm seriously trying to get around to uh, getting as many interviews as I can. It's not always easy to have them on air all the time, but finally we get to hear a little bit about Zoya and her journey to to uh, feminazi and what that means and um, what she does in Canberra and a lot more. We also have uh, Bianca Martin returning, yes, from Sticky Institute, talking about some of the femzines that are out there now, ones that she recommends, uh, one that she's, you know, one or two that she favours from last year, which is, yes, two six. 2016, and are looking ahead to Festival of the Photocopier for this year. So it's a busy, busy, packed little show tonight, I must admit. Um, so I think um, we might get started with uh, just looking at, yeah, some of the, the music. I've been thinking about it for the last couple of days, and I was talking to Bianca briefly about um, Fly Nun Records in New Zealand and what they actually uh, do. Because I guess growing up in the 80s and 90s or whatever, um, they were pretty big. But they used to be quite male-centric, I suppose, uh, cisgender male-centric. That's changing, which is awesome. But I thought maybe we could look back a little bit uh, at a track from a, a group of awesome women called Look Blue, Go Purple. And this is going right back to, I believe, 1986, I think it is. Um, this is called 100 Times. Yeah, just looking back at that. Or maybe, actually, as does the sun. I think that's possibly one of their biggest hits after Cactus Cat. So taking a little trip down memory lane, but also we'll look forward to what Flying Nun doing and are they signing women? Hmm, we'll find out. This is Broad. Now, don't forget, you can message us here and tell us what you're looking forward to in 2017. 
what sort of feminist events or if you have a feminist zine that you like or you make yourself, let us know. Here's Look Blue, Go Purple, as does the sun. You're listening to Broad on Joy. listening to Broad on Joy 94.9. Thank you. It's 94.9? That's it. Well, yep. That's the only 94.9. Okay. Yep. Cool. Hi, my name is... Okay. Yep. Hi, this is Anna Rose Holmer, director of The Fifth, and you're listening to Broad on Joy 94.9. Hi, this is Clementine Ford. You're listening to Broad on Joy 94.9, and I'm encouraging all of you to fight like a girl just as I know Sonia does. It's totally offensive. Yeah. I agree with It's not right. Well, these are all valid comments, but I think we should see if the artist has anything to bring to this.
saying. I think it's a remarkable achievement. This is Broad on Show 94.9, and Bianca Martin's back from Sticky Institute and the Girl Freeders and talking about a bit about 2016, but also some of the zines that she favours. Yes. It was all about favouritism. <laughs> <laughs> for the selection, I mean, we haven't had you on for a while for Broad. Actually, do you have time to do a zine? Are you doing any? Uh, I am doing some that uh-huh. I'm hoping to have ready, either when Sticky reopens again or uh-huh. for the Festival of the Photocopier. Which is when? Which begins Thursday, the 9th of February. and Is it earlier this year? It is earlier this oh, year. Damn, I thought it was the end of February. Nah. Oh. Second week, whatever that is. Wow, okay. So people get yourselves ready if you want to do a, a zine, a feminist zine in any case. Yes. Queer feminist zine, whatever. Um, you better get your shit together. Sonia. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so what have you got there in the way of already produced scenes? Well, I thought I would start this with a little bit of a throwback. Last year's Festival of the Photocopier with Wolfpack, Mm -hmm. who I believe you have interviewed several times and know them. (laughs) (laughs) Once or twice, yeah. I love anyway, them. Even they're in Brisbane. They're from Brisbane, yep. They but don't I want to bl- move. No, they'll be coming down for the festival, of though. Course. Will they be staying? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Brisbane should not be allowed to have them. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so they have a new issue out, issue number seven. Mm-hmm. And it's been a while since the last issue, and this one's a little bit different. But, you know, good things come to those who wait. Mm. So it's got poetry, collage art, comics, essays, interviews, all about feminism, mm-hmm. all about queerness, all it, about... It, it, what's the name of it? Or does it just have the issue? Well, it's called Hex Libris. Uh-huh. I don't really know what that means i won't lie but yeah they have a really great my favorite article in here is called best case scenarios for cis actors playing trans characters oh right and there's been a lot of that in the last there has and this year. author kind of breaks down in just a few pages i mean you could talk about this for so long mm. and they break down in a few pages some good instances not great because obviously you know best case scenario is a trans actor playing a trans character but yeah. instances where it hasn't been embarrassing for all parties involved. So they have a recommendation, do they? Of yeah, so the ones they've looked at was um, David Duchovny and Twin Peaks. Oh, yes, I do remember that episode. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Going to get this name wrong, probably. Tatiana Maslany in Orphan Black, ah, yes. which I haven't watched. She's- um, plays eight, seven or eight different characters. Yeah, and one of clones. them is a trans man. Mm, okay. So apparently that was done well. Mm-hmm. And then they also looked at two instances where it was done pretty well in two movies called Boy Meets Girl and Tangerine. Oh, yes, Tangerine. I haven't watched either of those. Oh, Wonderful. That's cool. Yeah, so I'm really into this new issue of Wolfpack. Mm, and it looks like it's really full with good stuff. Yeah, and it's just really pleasant to look at as well. They've got some really, I really like the collage art in there, like mm-hmm. kind of mixed media, looking at online life versus the mundane parts of normal life. Making a cup of tea. Yeah. Instead of saying, I made a cup of tea. <laughs> Let me Instagram this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. How many are in the, as a collective or? They don't actually have information about their editorial team. Oh, well, I know there's Rebecca <laughs> no, and Talia. They seem to have about 14 contributors to this wow, that's issue. A, is that yeah. a lot for a zine? I think it's a lot. It's pretty sizable. Yeah. And so how long 
does it normally take? Something that size, how many pages is that? Lucky for me, they have included page numbers on this Isn't one. Isn't that not normal? I think it's really good for a zine like this, where it's more like a little, like a proper book. mini magazine. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very booklet. So there's 36 pages for this oh, one, okay. which I think is a pretty sizable. Yeah. yeah, so that's a lot of effort. Yeah, which probably took how many months? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Like okay, a lot, a lot of time, a lot of effort. So we love them. Um, yes, and they were at Sticky Institute. Gosh, it would be what two years now? Yeah, since they were down there with their second to last launch not that one or not the one before but the one before that yeah so that it's been a bit sense. bit slow coming between issues what else have you got there i believe you've got so i also brought oh. this which was the last launch that happened at sticky before we <clears> shut <throat> down for the christmas period and i will admit i'm a little biased with this one because it's, it's by very favorite by course. my best friend slash bandmate slash housemate alice one of your best friends. Yes. <laughs> and it's the first in her series of poetry chapbooks that she's releasing over the next couple of months. Oh. Will she be reading these anywhere? Well, I believe she did a few readings at her launch, mm-hmm. and then we're planning another launch during the festival. So cool. I'll get her to do some, some readings there. Yeah. That's good. It's nice. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very quite blank. Yeah, con- compared to Wolfpack, I'm sure you'll mm. post some photos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, compared to Wolfpack, this is just very stark. Very like, with the exception of one color page, it's completely black and white, and it's just black typeset on a white page, just mm. letting the words speak for themselves. Really. Oh, there is color. There's yeah, color. there's what one, is that? That's a painting she did of Yeats. Oh, okay, but. Um, You've got two more there. Got You've two got... more. These yep. are old zines. I think they're from about 2013. Mm-hmm. But they have recently been restocked in Sticky just before we shut down. So they'll still be there when we open again. On... Is this like they're being reprinted? Reprinted, yeah. 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 So they'll still be there when we open on January 11th. Mark that in your calendars. Mm-hmm. And there are two issues called Sex Industry Apologist. Okay. So this is very political. It is. Yeah. And well, zines are political. They, they are political, so. but I also feel like this one could be a bit dividing amongst people. Mm. And especially, I don't feel like I have the authority to talk too much on the subject, okay. but I'll just read the first paragraph of the first scene just to set the scene. So this is by a person I know named Nine. At the time, they were living in Scotland, I believe. So, from 2002 to 2009, I worked at a project for sex workers. I wanted to work there because it was non-judgmental about sex work and was user-led. I was aware that in mainstream politicians, the mainstream media, and the general mainstream feminism were generally uninterested in the diversity of sex workers' experience. I sought out writings by sex workers while I was doing my gender studies degree and remember saying in this job interview that I figured I had the theory but not the practice. It's true that I've never been a sex worker myself, and I would much rather hear and read the voices of actual sex workers rather than step up to the debate. So a lot of this is just collections of their experiences throughout this project, and Mm. they don't put their own voice in there a lot. It's more about telling other people's stories. And also an issue, too, they talk a lot about the legalization and decriminalization of sex work and the nuances of what is legal and what is even little things like there's, you know, sex work on the street versus sex work 
in a parlor. Mm. Like there are different criminal codes for that allegedly. And but yeah, I thought it'd be interesting to bring in these two because mm. all of my other ones, other zines that I've brought in, have been less political and more artistic or mm. more music based or just kind of about pop culture and mainstream media and stuff like that. Whereas there's definitely space within the zine sphere for super political zines. And, I mean, that's often more so explored in terms of socialism and anarchy and mm. things like that, which maybe that's traditional. don't really float my boat, to be honest with yeah. you. But I think there's a really wide open space for talking about sex work within self-publishing, because mm. who's going to censor you there? No one. Exactly. <laughs> Was that a question? Sorry. A rhetorical question. Yeah, yeah, or, that's you know. true. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, look, the diversity that you have, it's sticky. Um, and, again, Festival of Photocopy is coming. And just in case you don't appear on the show again until yes. that happens. <laughs> so Festival that. of the Photocopier yep. is mm-hmm. February 9th to February 12th. The 9th, 10th and 11th will be full of launches and gigs and readings and events. All at the Institute or All over, venues? all over. Yeah. Keep your eye open for the finalized program. Mm-hmm. Um, and the 12th is the Zine Fair at Melbourne Town Hall, yeah, which is kind of like the climax of the whole it event. Is, it is. And it? Yeah. I should let everyone know that applications are still open for absolutely anyone. If you have little handmade books, anything zine-related like that, mm-hmm. it's non-discriminatory. You don't have to be to a certain standard. If you make zines, come along, sell them, give them out for free. Just come along and meet people. You can make badges too. Yeah. Well, Quartz was there last year. Which yes. Which was pretty different. Exciting. And maybe maybe Broad will be there. Maybe. <laughs> well, how many weeks have we got left? <laughs> Six it's weeks? ticking down, isn't oh it? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, no, I need to get my shit together. I'll write something for it. Woo. Woo. <laughs> Anyone listening to this, all you have to do is... Hey, email me. It's very easy to do. You can email broad uh, at joy.org.au. Or check you out on Facebook. On Facebook, that's right. Or Twitter at broadfem949. I do remember that now. It's taken me about a year. (laughs) But it's been about a year since we had the Girl Freedas in here. Remember that? Ominous day. How could I ever forget? It wasn't as warm. I know that much. It was much more pleasant that day. (laughs) When I was asking all these questions like... What is feminism to you, Bianca? Do you remember that? Yes. All right. What does feminism mean to you now? Has it changed? Well, I Can think, you remember what you even said? I think at the time I was just like, oh, I'm pretty sure it's just about equality or something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, no, you did mention about violence against women and domestic violence. I think that was a big yeah for 2016. Definitely. I mean, it's a big thing every year. Yeah, but I think it's been come, coming more to the forefront. Within the last 12 months. Yeah, the, the inquiry that happened, the uh, Royal Commission, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, that's opened the floodgates for people and for women to step up and come forward and um, talk about their experiences and more places for people to get help yeah. as well. But so, feminism for mm. me now, I suppose it has uh, evolved a little bit to be more about respect, listening and inclusivity. Mm-hmm. They're kind of been my main theme. What those three things? What does that mean? Kind of in the sense of not judging a book by its cover. Uh-huh. That being or a zine. Op- or a zine about listening to everyone, 
hearing them out and not judging their experiences, not mm. jumping to conclusions. Because everyone's feminism is different and you need to find a space for that mm. within your own world. Yeah. I think for me, feminism this year has been, I think if I thought of three words, it would be reflective, <laughs> reflection, looking back, seeing where I've gone wrong, mistakes I've made, and um, learning about those. Yeah, definitely listen. I think desire, desire for change. Yeah. It's been a, a year where I've heard and seen of people being erased and there's stories and voices, particularly women in queer culture. It's been a very horrible year, actually. Um, and representation. I mean, in pop culture, I'm speaking probably more in pop culture, but seeing uh, queer women be dismissed, disrespected, and, yeah, disappearing. Yep. And that representation's just not there. And then, of course, on top of that, race and other issues. Well, it'll be 2017 now, actually. Mm. And we still have got some of the same shit that was happening 25 years ago, 40 years ago, 100 years ago. And this is why we need feminism. And that's why we need feminism. Mm. Feminism is a, as a space that should be for everyone. And um, it's about equality, of course. And it's about people sharing stories. Wow, so 2017, what's happening with zines? You'll be doing another zine, or you'll be doing several, no oh, doubt. Ideally, I'll be doing lots of zines. Okay. Yeah. I said on Twitter last night mm -hmm. that my New Year's resolutions are to read more, to write more, to play more music, and to masturbate more. In that order? Any order, really. Or all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not at the same time. Yeah, you've but I feel like these are but exactly. There are other things, implements. Oh my god, where are we going with this? Support your local zine scene. Yeah, and uh, so the new singles out. Yeah, we're be playing that in a moment. So the girl Frida's dropped a new single as a thank you to everyone who has supported us over the years, mm -hmm. and. What's it called? It's called Crazy. Oh, it's tell us about that. Taken from a live set we did oh. for a zine launch, actually, at the Old Bar in November. Okay. Which zine? Uh, you. It was the 15-year anniversary oh, of You. Oh, right. The little one that you get in an envelope. And yeah, you can... and you had the exhibition. Too. I saw the pictures yeah. on social media. Because <laughs> <laughs> I never go out, you know. I never get to places, really. Oh, cool. Um, so... It's called Crazy, and did you write this? Or? I wrote this one, and mm -hmm. it's the first single we have where I'm singing. Wow. Yeah. Why don't you sing more often? It's hard to sing and play drums. Yeah, Karen Carpenter had trouble, didn't that's, she? That's about all I got for you. It's hard <laughs> to sorry. sing and play drums. <laughs> Something about counting the beat. Um, <laughs> cool. So where can people go and find this track? Uh, com. Great. Yeah, so let's have a listen to that. And look, thanks so much for coming back on to the segment. Thank for you for having me, Sonia. I always love coming in. Thanks. Well, I have to do it more often. You'll have to do less things. Oh, I'll try. We'll see. Keep going. <laughs> All right. This is Broad on Joy 94.9. Cool. We're the Girl Freeders, and, and you're, you're listening, listening to Broad on Joy 94.9. 
the director of But I'm a Cheerleader, and you are listening to Broad on Joy 94.9. Yes, this is Broad on Joy 94.9. Don't forget, message in if you'd like to, 0427 Joy 949. You can phone 1300 Joy 949 or email us on air at joy.org.au. We are on Facebook and, of course, Twitter. Uh, it's at BroadFem949. So check out uh, some of the podcasts that are already on the Joy website. We will podcast this episode later on. And uh, the interviews with uh, Bianca Martin as well as uh, with Zoya Patel, who is up next Finally, we get to listen to Zoya, which is awesome, talk about her experience and um, being self-published, being an online activist and uh, journo and feminist and everything else she does with her site, Feminazi, and many of the other things she does, including a book club, which sounds awesome. So we'll have a listen to that. Thanks again to Bianca and Sticky Institute and the Girl Freeders for coming on and we love playing their music so crazy is out there i'll put that uh, link up to their Bandcamp page or site so yeah let's check out uh, zoya patel i spoke to last year look i think it was november so it's not that old hopefully and uh, always relevant so she certainly is a burning light of inspiration for many writers and online publishers uh, when it comes to feminism here in australia and of course now, globally. So this is Broad on Joy 94.9.
This is Sonia for Broad on Joy 94.9 and talking to someone who is very amazing. I met her briefly at the Feminist Writers Festival here in Melbourne Town. It is uh, Zoya, Zoya Patel, of course, part of Feminazi and that publication online and she is the editor and founder of that site. Welcome to Broad. Thanks for having me, Sonia. Do you get that all the time, the Feminazi thing? Do people like, like me mispronounce it and... I think it's one of those things where I've chosen a pun for the website mm. name, so I can't really be too frustrated yes. if people uh, <laughs> pronounce it a little bit differently. And I guess it does, you know, it is pronounced like feminazi. Yes. So I often find myself saying whenever I'm at an event or anything like that, you know, that's got artsy on the end, not Nazi. Yes, uh, yes. Just so people can visualize the pun. Yes, exactly. So tell us a bit about the site and, and what, what it's all about. Yeah, so I founded Feminazi in 2014, and that was after a period of editing Rit Magazine, which is another feminist publication. And I really just wanted to still be part of the online feminist space, but try and do something a little bit different. So mm. Feminazi publishes weekly content, but we try and, rather than publishing a lot of political pieces or opinion pieces, we focus a little bit more on creativity. So there are a lot of memoir pieces, and feature articles that might just take a slightly different angle to a common feminist topic. We also publish fiction and we do a lot of profiles of amazing women doing different things across Australia. Yeah, it's a very busy, it's a very full and very lot of content there from all over the place as well. Like, I notice you've got, I'm just looking at the site now, cheating, really, talking about is it safe and wise to travel to America as a woman? Very serious topics too about rape testimony and, uh, look, there's such a wide range. How do you decide, uh, do you decide totally what the content's going to be? Yes, I, I do largely decide what the content is going mm-hmm. to be. We do have a small team of editorial staff and we're all volunteers, but all the contributors like, get paid for their work. So I do have quite a lot of a, a hand in choosing the work and most pitches come straight through to me directly. Yeah. What's really good about that is I have an overarching sense of what we're publishing and what's coming up each month. So mm-hmm. I try and curate topics that are a little bit different and I also work quite closely with authors to make sure that I guess each piece is as substantiated as possible and you know goes as deep into the topic as possible. Yeah no I guess that's important and as a guiding as a guiding I guess guiding role or tool for writers is there anything like you say to them this is specifically what if you're going to do some writing for us and contribute something uh, there is a certain type of any rules that you have as such or guidelines for people yes, we do have, submitting? Yep. We have quite a few guidelines. <laughs> um, I think because I edited Lip for four mm. years, which is a really great experience it gave me, and because people at Lip um, at the time weren't paid for their contributions, it meant that we published a lot more content, which gave me a really good sense of, I guess, the type of content that is available out there. And when mm. I founded Feminazi, I was able to think a bit more critically about what kind of content I really wanted to have on the site. And it's important to me that, the site maintains the consistent tone. So Mm. on our submissions page, we talk about both what we do want to publish and what we don't want to publish. So Mm. I think there are some really specific things, like I don't encourage anyone to submit rants or opinion pieces that don't have a broader kind of cultural analysis or some evidence behind them. We don't publish reviews unless we get asked really, really nicely by a publisher. Um, And I try not to feature too much news, and that's because... Mm. Because we don't publish every day, it's really easy for content that is quite timely to become dated really easily. Yeah, So I try and publish content that, you know, relevant no matter when you read it and also because the length of each piece is a bit longer. So Mm. we tend to publish a minimum of a thousand words. 
I want it to be the kind of thing that someone might sit down and read with a cup of tea, not just kind of scroll through, you know, yep. on their phone on the bus. Exactly. Yeah, it has yeah, to have so that weight to it, I guess. Mm. Absolutely. Now, of course, your own background and everything, and I guess this is why you are a standout amongst uh, the feminist, you know, squads out there. Uh, but being someone so young, you know, committed to feminist issues from the age of 15, I believe, what what's the drive behind that? What, what sort of, you know, inspired you to take up the pen or the keyboard? as the case may be, for writing? Well, I think I've been writing for as long as I can remember. Mm. I mean, even when I was a child and I couldn't actually read or write, I used to sit with pieces of paper and scribble in an approximation of what I thought writing Mm -hmm. should look like because (laughs) that's just something that I've always been quite drawn to and I think a lot of writers have a similar experience Mm. of, you know, not knowing why they write but not being able to not write. Yes. But in terms of feminism, I was pretty lucky, actually. When I was in high school, we had to do work experience, and at the time, Lip had been founded and was a print publication, and it was aimed at teenagers, kind of 13 to 18. And so I think at that time, I didn't have a sense of my own limits, and so nothing ever really struck me as something that I couldn't do. So I just Mm. emailed the editor and said, you know, can I come and do work experience with you? And the editor at the time, who was the founder of LIP, uh, Rachel Fanari, immediately kind of took me on board and gave me my first opportunity to be published. And I think I was just hooked after that, particularly because I'd always had this burning sense that something wasn't quite right in the world yes. um, on many different levels. Yes. But feminism wasn't a word that I really knew and it wasn't part of my lexicon. So having LIP define feminism for me and also give me the option to find my own feminism was, I think, quite a turning point for me. And I still remember mm. being an annoying person who would <laughs> harass my friends and say, you know, why don't you call yourself a feminist? Because I did just come to it a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, but I'm really grateful that, that I had that opportunity. Do you see a change has happened? I mean, I sense that that has. More people are coming out, particularly women, about, you know, and saying feminism easily, you know, feminist easily, um, looking more into it and becoming uh, more involved. Do you, do you see a change? Yeah, definitely. Mm. I think especially over the past kind of five or six years, I feel as if people are more comfortable with feminism and there's more of a interest in feminism. And I wonder also if that's because, a lot of online feminist spaces have become more established and there are some kind of mainstream options Mm. as well, which means that the content is more available. So, you know, more people are able to put names to perhaps the issues that they're concerned about or the feelings that they might have about gender equality. And, you know, it's got to be a good thing. I think it is great, though. I think also it can be a bit challenging when you have been engaged in feminist issues for a long time because I find that often I've kind of graduated from a certain school of thought whilst a lot of my peers are still really engaged with it. So part of what draws me to feminazi is being able to, I guess, steer the the conversation in a direction that I personally enjoy. (laughs) Yes, I can understand that. It's a bit like I get asked occasionally, you know, people who just have this blank look and they go, well, what is feminism? Can you tell me why? And I... I I know I'm guilty of it, and I say to them, do you have access to the internet? Can you please just uh, look it up yourself? Do you know what I mean? It's like having to explain it totally again and again, and you must get this, yeah, constantly, I understand. That's frustrating. Yeah, and I think partly it's also, I mean, I don't mind having those kinds of conversations, but it does start feeling quite repetitive when you do it a lot. And something that I like about Feminazi, so we have monthly events in Canberra as well as the content that we publish online, Mm. and the events, 
bring together kind of three different speakers each month to speak to a theme, which usually has a feminist bent, although sometimes it's oh. also just about lived experience and yeah. their story shares, so people share a story. And what I like about that is that a lot of the people who come along to the events aren't your usual suspects. They're not people <laughs> that I know of who are engaged yeah. in other kind of feminist spaces. And so I almost feel like there's this educational process that can happen there without me having to, you know, personally I, yeah. be involved that much. And it just opens up the definitions of feminism and also, you know, the the lived experiences of gender inequality in a way that I think is quite accessible, which unless you self-identify as a feminist, you might not go online and look for feminist content, but you might come along to an event with some friends, you know, and have a glass of wine and listen to some stories which may well change your perspective. Yes, I think, yeah, I definitely think that is is something that you see more of. And I think events are really important to engage people. Certainly, I mean, looking at your website now, um, once again, uh, you've got events coming up. We're very lucky in Canberra. We have a really inclusive and collaborative artist community. And we did also, when we first started publishing content on Feminazi, and mm. I say we like the royal we, but I mostly mean me. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> I I featured a lot of artists, mm. so visual artists, so photographers mm. and um, painters and illustrators. And I do a bit of a profile on them and then a spread of their work online. And mm. that was quite interesting, just seeing the different ways in which feminism can play into visual art. So it'd be great to do something live in an event like that. Mm, that'd be cool. Now, you've also got a book club, and I'm really jealous about that. I'm trying to get a book club going here, in a way, sort of a radio on-air book club as such. Read Like a Feminist. How long has that been going for? Or is that something quite yes, new? Or? That's a very new thing. Okay. So this, this month will be our second iteration. Mm-hmm. And one of the amazing people who's on Feminazi's advisory committee and who's also just a good friend of mine, Yen Erickson, she and I have founded the book club together. Mm. Because we both, so Yen wanted an excuse to read more fiction. Yes. And I just feel like I've been badgering people to have a book club for a really long time and my friends don't tend to be as committed. So I thought I'll just make it a public event and then I have a ready-made book club crew. Cool. So a bit selfish, but it's worked out quite well. And <laughs> I don't usually finish a book all the way through, particularly nonfiction. I usually get but sort of terribly bored quickly but when I'm looking oh, at pictures I'm like going yay okay I can get this that's hard for me to hear because I'm I know. Way, even if I don't enjoy the book I'll you'll finish it. it yeah 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 but I guess I it's your line of work the life is too short true no you're right you're right interstate presence for feminazi as well it's mm. a bit tricky working full-time and trying to juggle all the things but certainly once we have more people who have based in state as well it'll be a bit easier that'll be great if you were to say to a young writer because you were very young when you yeah like I said took up the pen or the keyboard what would you suggest as a good place to start for a writer if they want to get their work out there to be uh seen and read I think I mean I get asked this a lot because I often speak at young writers um events and things like that Mm. and something that occurred to me at the last thing that I was speaking at you know even as I rattled off all these publications for people to um go to is there's nothing to stop you from starting your own thing. Mm. And, you know, people often ask me, how, you know, how can I submit to Feminazi? And, you know, what a great opportunity to be published. And I feel like saying, you know, Feminazi is just this thing that I decided to do. Mm. The only reason why it's a real publication, quote unquote, now is because I just acted as if it was a professional publication mm-hmm. until it became one. So mm. I think it's really important for writers to know that being published isn't necessarily the thing that makes you a writer. It's really just writing is the thing 
that makes you a writer. And if you want to write and you have thoughts that you want to share, there's nothing to stop you from blogging to start off with. And then you'll find the relevant publications and you'll be able to submit to those. But partly it is just about practice and building the confidence to keep doing it. Yes, that's the thing. Keep going. Even if you're hitting the wall, just keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what we all have to consider. That Those walls can be really, uh, seem damn impenetrable at times, but keep going, I guess. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Certainly encourage anyone who's keen to write for us to send through a pitch or get in touch. And if you want to participate in the book club, you can always do it online. Oh, we do oh good. Throughout, okay. the, throughout the book club, and um, we'd love to have people joining in um, through Twitter. Cool. And so where can people go? Online. Uh, so the best place yes. to go is either seminarzi.com, which is our website, mm-hmm. um, or look us up on Facebook or Twitter. We do post every day um, on both of those networks as well. And my contact details are all listed on the website. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, they certainly are. Thank you so much, Zoe Patel, for speaking to us here on Broad on Joy 94.9. So thank you very much for having <laughs> me. And, um, you know, it's nice to talk to other committed, intelligent feminist women um, across Australia. Excellent. So, Oh, thank you. That's great. Thanks, Zoya. Hi, I'm Molly Crabapple, and you are listening to Broad on Joy 94.9. I am Sophie Hyde, and you're listening to Broad on Joy 94.9.
Nurse is brought on Joy 94.9. Sonia here. That was the Courtney's fantastic Silver Velvet. Now, of course, we played them because um, they have been signed to Fly None Records. That was announced at the end of last year. Yes, that's right, 2016, I know. But that was only a few weeks ago, surely. Um, I think it was around October, November that was uh, came up in the news there. And, uh, of course, they're a Canadian trio of uh, awesome women and... Um, Basically, yeah, they've come a long way from Vancouver. They're now signed to uh, uh, the Fly Nun label, and that will take them around the world with that label. So that's really interesting, some of the um, bands that they do have now that they're signing to that label, uh, based in New Zealand, of course, pretty famous from the 80s and 90s as post-modern or post, post-punk rock Um very DIY, and uh, certainly they've expanded on the horizons there to go international. That's awesome. Uh, thanks again to Zoya Patel, who we spoke to from Feminazzi, uh, fantastic editor-in-chief there, and she's doing a heck of a lot of good stuff and very inspirational too. So check out uh, the links to that publishing website of hers, of her and her colleagues. We've put that on the Abroad Facebook page. And thanks again. If you messaged in, you've got a few minutes left. Uh, 0427JOY949 or on air joy.org.au. I will get my uh, SHIT together and uh, explore the look of, well, doing a broad zine. But look, I haven't got round to it yet. <laughs> Forgive me. This year has, well, 2016 was pretty hectic and it went so fast and now, hey, 2017 is already here. We're day two. Hmm. Not R2-D2, but day two. Uh, now, speaking of uh, signed uh, artist, there was another one, the fabulous Kiwi Eldest Harding. Uh, she reminds me a little bit of Beth Gibbons, to be honest, from Portishead and from the Out of Season album back in the early 2000s. Um, you know, Stop Your Tears is... Uh, a release she had in 2015, and she's doing so well now that she's signed to Fly Nun. She had a debut album that year. Uh, very compelling gothic folk, it's been described. And, of course, she's hitting the U.S., going from strength to strength. So, hey, look, there are some uh, great women's art, women artists out there that are signed to some labels. We can explore that further, I'm sure, in another show of broad... Now, another article that I didn't want to forget about talking about just recently in The Guardian by Susan uh, Sheridick, uh, actually December 30. So talking about feminism lost, now what? And I guess in the United States, it has been a bit of a tough battle for many uh, feminists over there. No matter what gender, what background they've come from, it has been a hellish ride, especially with the rise of fascism in that country. Uh, and it does mean for a lot of women, women's rights are in trouble. But not just women's rights, children's rights, uh, race rights, all sorts of things are in jeopardy. However, there's some good news, something to look forward to if you can get yourself over there or if you are listening and you are in the US right now, there's the Women's March on Washington on January 21st. So that's, I think, a day after the inauguration of that person who we won't mention, but it's an apt uh, time of uh, activity and certainly they are asking people to, um, yeah, be considerate but get involved. They will be marching on Washington. Uh, and who can be involved? Anyone. It doesn't matter what your background is. If you want to make a, a statement and you're not happy with the way the election has turned out over there, uh, that is something that you can stand up for. But it's more than that. It's the uh, watching the erasure... Um, 
or the slow uh, eradication of many rights over there and the jeopardy that many uh, women's rights are going through uh, is, is of great international concern, I would suggest. Um, so, <clears throat> look, it's going to be uh, near the uh, Lincoln Memorial, but not at the Lincoln Memorial, whatever that means to you. Um, and basically, some areas are off limits because the organisers are wanting it to be a peaceful march, a peaceful protest, a peaceful uh, activism. There is a main event Facebook page. You can just look that up, uh, Women's March on Washington. You'll find it there. I'll put the links up on our broad Facebook page. Now, I'm going to finish off because, hey, it is time to go and uh, we've got another big week ahead. A lot of us are heading back to the work zone. That's always interesting. But I thought I would play the Aldous Harding Stop Your Tears from 2015. As I mentioned, she's been signed to Fly None Kiwi Records because we have Bite Me Down Under. It might slide in perfectly with Beck. If not, hey, that's the way it goes. So we've got a bit of that coming up. And thanks again for listening, and here's to 2017. Let's hope it's a fantastic feminist year and smash the patriarchy. So thanks again for listening. We'll podcast this later on. Have a good evening and uh, enjoy a bit of this. Aldous Harding, Stop Your Tears. So
So what do you want me to say? Like, oh, just your name. I, I, uh, embrace. Yeah. Um, um, hi, I'm Taryn. I, I, I don't Taryn, know. yeah. I'm you... Taryn Brumford. I'm the director of Embrace. And No, you tell me what I say. Ah, I this know. is Taryn Brumford, director of Embrace. Uh, and you're listening to Broad on Joy 94.9. See, I never say that. <laughs> oh my God, I'm the, Taryn with a different I, voice. I the, yeah, you could do it for me. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Taryn Brumford. I'm the director of Embrace, and you're listening to Broad on Joy 94.9. Perfect. That was great. Good. As long as I don't mark up which one to edit. Oh, sorry. There you go. And then they hear my voice.
You've been listening to a broadcast on Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.